Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast, the teaching ministry of Dr. David Ogaga. For more information, please call 234-803-481-0869 or for free audio downloads, kindly visit www.davidogaga.org. All right, we're going to go straight to the world this morning and uh, we're still dealing with the entering the city of God and again our test is still the same which is Revelation 21 and this morning we're going to be dealing with the gate of Asha praise the Lord and the main topic this is uh, part 13 of this particular subject that we're dealing with so, Revelation 21 again, verse number 1. Let's quickly read that. And it says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven is passed away, and earth was passed away, and then there was no more sea. And it said, And I just saw the holy city in Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride and for her husband, and heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And then we we'll go to verse 10, and the Bible says, And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me that great city, the heavenly Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, and our flight, light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. And verse 12, and the Bible says, And he had a wall great and high, and he had twelve gates, and at the gate twelve angels, and the names written thereof, which are the names of the twelve tribe of the children of Israel. And this is what we're dealing with. So we go again to Ezekiel 48. And then we look at Ezekiel 48. We just look at verse 30, 34. Ezekiel 48 verse 34. And the Bible says, And on the west side, 4,400 with the three gates. One gate of God, one gate of Asha, and one gate of Natali. So while we are dealing with the gate of Asha this morning, and don't forget what we're dealing with precisely. We're talking about entering the city of God. And then again, I made it to understand the city of God is not up there in the heaven. The city of God is descending from heaven. That's what the Bible says. And again, you need to understand that the descending of the city of God from heaven is not something that is floating from the sky. It's a manifestation of the church of God. The city of God is heavenly Jerusalem which has to do with the church of the living God. According to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22 to 23. So the city is not something you go to. The city is not something you one day be, maybe raptured to, as the case may be. The city of God is the heavenly Jerusalem, which has to do with the church. Praise the living God. So we're talking of coming into the church to possess your possession. We're talking of entering the city to be able to receive what belongs to you. And we're saying there are some qualifications and characteristics that enable you to come into this city. Now, when you come into this city, you come in to meet with God, the living God, to be precise. And Jesus Christ, with the mediator of a better covenant, and the blood of Jesus, that speaks of better things than that of Label. And we know that the blood of Jesus speaks of that of mercy. As compared to that of Abel, which was speaking of vengeance. Hallelujah. So when you come to the city of God, 
We are talking about you coming to meet with God. This is where you have your personal experience with God and not somebody standing between you and God all the time. Now God becomes your father. You become a son and a daughter. That is the excess of you coming to the city of God. Hallelujah. So when you come to that place, it's a place of relationship. It's a place of provision. It's a place of protection. No, it's like again saying, you're coming back to your father just like the prodigal son was. The prodigal son left the home and he began to be in want when he left the family. The God got to bring him back to his spirit when the Bible says he came to his mind and returned to his father. When he got back to the father, everything he lost, the father gave back to him. So you see, when you come back to God, because in the first place you lost your relationship with God because you were in Adam. Adam was the son of God. Now your relationship with Adam made you to lose your relationship with God. So now you're coming back through Jesus Christ to the father. Now you see, Adam was having a relationship with God and he was in the garden. He was not up somewhere and God was up somewhere. But God was having fellowship with Adam. And that is the excess of you being a child of God. I want to say this again. God did not call you to be Christians. You are not Christians. God called you to be sons. Can I hear an amen? The word Christian is a name. It was a nickname. It was a mockery. Given to the believers of Jesus Christ by the unbelievers. It was unbelievers in Acts. In the book, I mean, in Antioch, I call them Christians. Jesus never called anybody a Christian. God didn't call you a Christian. Anytime God is referring to you, he say you are my son. Do you understand that? Come on, does anybody understand what I'm saying? Christian simply means you are acting like Christ. That's what it means. You know, they were mocking at them because of what they were doing. He said, these ones are acting like Christ. They are Christians. That is just it. So it was like a mockery. Now, but we took it and we feel it's something very special. Now, you can be a Christian religiously and you're not a child of God. That's a big difference. God wants you to be his child. You're given battle by the spirit of God to be his son, to be his daughter. That that which belongs to you as a son, you inherit it. Can I hear an amen? Praise the living God. Amen. You know, sometimes it's very difficult. Some of us who travel sometimes and, you know, you're feeling a form that they put religion. And then they want you to feel either Christianity or Muslim or whatever the case may be. Have you feel some form sometimes? And then next day they put this religion. You know, that thing is a very dangerous thing. But we just comply because we want to fulfill certain things. Otherwise, you cannot be comparing the life of being a son of God with that of a religious self. Christianity is not a religion. It's a way of life of the sons of God on the face of the earth. Praise the Lord. You hearing me? Okay, now, we're going to the gate of Asher. Gate, you must understand, speaks of entrance, speaks of what leads you to a particular thing. You know, you want to enter a city, then you enter through a gate. And the gate is open to you. You go in there to see, to possess, and to inherit what belongs to you. So now, what is the gate of Asher? Like we're looking at here. The word Asha or the name Asha means happy. It means blessed, happy, two things. Uh, we can just, it was actually the eighth son of Jacob. Let's look at Genesis 30 and verse 12 to 11. What's the name? Asha. What's the meaning of the name? Asha. Okay. And the Bible says, and Zippa 
Leah's maid bought Jacob a second son. Verse 13. And Leah said, Happy am I, for the daughters will call me blessed. And she called his name Asher. So Asher means happy and blessed. You got to understand that. And this is very important. So we're talking of entering the gates. And these are the two factors you definitely need. And I'm going to make you see how this is worked out for you to enter into the city of the living God. Praise the Lord. This particular tribe, as it were, in Israel, they never produce a judge. You know, you have the book of Judges, like Samson was a judge. You know, Deborah was a judge. In all of those people. But Asher never produced a judge in Israel. But we do know that uh, Anna, like you find in Luke chapter 2, verse 36, Anna the prophetess was from the tribe of Asher. Praise the Lord. Amen. So we find that Asher is a prosperous one. Asher is both prosperity and pleasure. The joy of the Lord, we say, is my strength. Hallelujah. So Asha speaks of prosperity and pleasure. Asha is a dimensioning God of blessing beyond the normal. It's a dimension of blessing in God beyond the normal. To be given more than what is necessary for survival. That is Asha. Asha is a personality of not just getting what you need, but also enjoying it. Praise the living God. That is Asha. Not just getting what you want, but also enjoying. And just what we say, the blessings of the Lord make it rich and he has no sorrow. That is the spirit of Asha. Amen? Praise the Lord. Now I want you to follow because it's very important. Now, when Jacob was blessing the children, this is what he said about Asha in Genesis 49 verse 20. Genesis 49 verse 20. This is the blessing that his father gave to him. Out of Asha, his bread shall be fat and he shall eat royal dainties. Hallelujah. Out of Asha. I want you to get that and it's very important. Out of Asha, his bread shall be fat and he shall eat royal dainties. This is a blessing that his father blessed him with. Okay, let's get down to the blessing of Moses upon this particular tribe. So let's look at Danny, I mean, Deuteronomy 33, verse 24 and 25. Deuteronomy 33, 24 and 25. And of Asher, he said, let Asher be blessed with children. Can I hear an amen? Let him be acceptable to his brethren. And let him dip his food in oil. And verse 25 says, Thy shoe shall be iron and brass, and as a day, so shall thy strength be. This is Asha. Praise the living God. So Asha is the gate that brings us to the full realization of God's blessings in our lives. It's a gate of joy. It's a gate of rejoicing. It's a gaze of longevity. It's a gaze of fulfillment in life. Praise God. Are we together? 
Okay. Let's read it from the message translation. Maybe. Message translation, Deuteronomy 3, verse 24. And this is what it says. Asha, best blessed of the sons. Best blessed of the sons. May he be favorite of his brothers. His feet massage in oil. Then verse 25 says, Set behind ironclad doors and gates. Your strength like lion as long as you live. This is a gate that gives you longevity, that gives you strength, that takes you on. You know, it's like we read in the Bible that even though Moses was old, his eyes never abated. This is that gate that brings you to that realization in God. Praise the living God. Are we here? Amen. So, that is Asher. This is a blessing. This is a pronouncement. That is a prophecy that came upon him as the son of Jacob. And again, I got to say something. Praise the Lord. It is very significant. You know, when you want to think about Bible numerology, we know that it speaks about uh, of Jesus. You know, man is number six. Six, six, six. That's the number of man. I have nothing to do with whatever anybody call an antichrist. It's the number of man because man was created on the eighth day. Seven speaks of the number of God. It's perfection. Completeness. Is that okay? Eight speaks of the number of Jesus. Eight, eight, eight. That is Jesus, which is a new beginning. So, Asia is a new beginning, I would say, from that which God intends to do in relation to the sons of men. Praise the living God. It's a new beginning of a new state for each and every one of us. You are accepting and becoming Christ-like and becoming one with Christ you are actually partaking of the gate of Asha. Because that is Christ manifested. Now is the number of the Holy Spirit. That's why you are nine gift of the Spirit. Amen? Are you following me? So that's the point. So there is the eighth son. And because it's eight, which has to do with the Christ-like Spirit, it's a realm of blessing. And so you're going to see some things that I need to show you as major keys to unlock this gate. You need some keys to unlock this gate to be able to partake of the resources that God has for you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, this tribe, like we know, the place of this tribe during the wilderness journey was between Dan and Naphtali, like you can find in Numbers 2 verse 27. Now we'll find out the boundaries of the inheritance given to Asia Contains some of the richest soil in Palestine. And the names of the town are recorded as well in Joshua chapter 19, 24 to 31. We don't have time to read all that. So, we find that Asher uh, was a blessed man. His allotted was around the sea coast, you know, between Tyre and Camel. A district that was so fertile in the production of the finest coin and oil 
in all Palestine. Now, like I said, I want to give us some keys that enables you to unlock these gates. Hallelujah. Don't forget, it's a gate of blessing. It's a realm of blessing. It's a realm that you come in and all that God has for you, we have to become yours. And I'm saying it's a realm that your blessings, no sorrow is added to it. It's a realm of new beginning. It's a realm of the fullness that God has for you. It's a realm of long life because your years shall not be abated. Glory to God. It's a realm where you fulfill your days on the face of the earth. That nothing can cut you short. You won't die young when you enter in through the gate of Asha. Praise the living God. Let's look at that. Let's look at some keys here. First of all, let's look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. It's a common scripture, but there's something you need to understand about this. Because we're dealing with the gate of Asha. That has to do with the blessings of the Lord. Here we go. The Bible says, But my God shall supply all what your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. My God shall supply all your need. So it's a realm where needs are met. Is that okay? It's a realm where needs are met. That's the gate of Asha. You come in there, your needs are met. God wants you to live and to live in abundance. He wants your need met at any point in time. Praise the living God. He said, according to his riches. What riches now? The fullness of the infinite grace and the love of God in Christ Jesus. That comes to the followers. You know, the law was given by Moses. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So the fullness of the grace in Christ is what you receive as you come through his gates. Now, but I'm going to make you see something here. Now, when, when Paul prayed this prayer, something happened before he prayed the prayer. When he said, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. What he meant to say is this. Because you met my need, God is going to meet your need. So as a matter of fact, it's a prayer for those who met his needs. Hallelujah. Are you with me? So one of the keys to receiving or having your needs met is that you must be a giver. For you to unlock the blessings that the Lord so much has blessed you with, for you to open it, the treasure house of the blessing that God has for you, you got to have the spirit of a giver. My God shall supply your need according to his riches in glory because you made my need. So primarily, this prayer is for those who made the need of the Apostle Paul. Is that alright? So now, it simply means also, if you truly, now, you see, Proverbs puts it in another way. He said, he that watereth others we have himself watered also. Have you read that? He that watered others, we have himself watered also. And that's exactly what it is. 
So, if you are someone who doesn't really know how to give, I'm sorry to say, you can probably not be able to assess this gate to receive even that which belongs to you. Praise the Lord. So it's a major key, a major key to entering through these gates into the city of God. That is why scripture said it's more blessed to give than to do what? Than to receive. You've got to get that. You've got to understand that. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And so many of us, we don't really know how to walk in this life. God so loved that he gave. It's an expression of love in the first place. So many of us don't know how to walk in this dimension. But you see, because we don't know how to, our own graces are being locked up. We find it difficult to possess what we are supposed to possess because we don't know how to give. And sometimes you need to understand, giving is not only just in money. You can only give what you have. Peter never gave money to the man that was at the beautiful gate. He said, silver and gold have I know, but that which I have, I give unto you. He had something. What did he have? He had Christ. Some of you don't even know how to win souls. You don't even understand that when you, when you give Christ out in terms of soul winning, you actually doing the work of the Lord. Some of you don't know how to evangelize. You don't know how to talk to people. You think giving, when I say giving, it has to be with money alone. It's not just money. You can meet somebody's needs without money. People can be in depression. You can actually provide consolation by the counsels that you give. You're still giving something. Is that okay? People can be in sorrow. You're merely sympathizing and saying by them, you're giving us something. So giving is not just money. But the point is this, you have to give to unlock these gates. Is that okay? You know, the Bible said, whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Have you read that? He said, whatever he soweth, he didn't say money. So, it's like saying, if you sow mango trees, you're going to harvest mango fruits. And I have only been saying that. If you give love, you're going to get love. If you give joy, you're going to get joy. If you give peace, you're going to get peace. It's whatever you sow. Whatever. So it's not just about money. Money, yes, essential. And maybe if you give shoes, you're going to get shoes too. Praise the Lord. Come on, is anybody understanding me? If you give joy, you get joy. If you give smile, you're going to get smile back. Some of us don't even know how to smile at all. That is why we can't even get a smile from people. Our faces are always so heavy. As if Jesus is about to die tomorrow. For God, he died 2,000 years ago. And the Bible says rejoice. And I say what? Rejoice. Are you with me? Come on, are we together here? So giving is so important in unlocking this gate. If you must have your needs met, you got to learn to give. You got to pray for that spirit to be able to dispense. 
You know the Bible said there is that which may scattered but yet gather it. But that which is holy back and intended to poverty. He said that which is going out is bringing in harvest. But whatever you stock, it tends to poverty. Think about that. Anytime you have a stream, for instance, you see, you cannot compare a river to a swimming pool that is not treated. A swimming pool is just one place. Right? If it's not treated, you know what it means. At the end of the day, you can't even make use of the water. Mukoa, everything will be there. But river flows. But as long as river is flowing, the water remains what? Fresh. So when you give out, you have more. And it's always fresh as compared when you stalk. You follow what I'm talking about? And some of you are living stagnated life. And it's a stinking life. Because it's not flowing. God wants the life in you to flow. I want you to think about what Peter said. Silver and gold have I now beside which I have. That means there is something you can have. And there is something you truly have. That you can give. I said of money. Praise God. I'm talking of the keys that unlock the gate of Asia. Turn with me to Psalm 149 verse number 4. 149 verse number 4. Another vital key that you need here. It says, For the Lord take a pleasure in his people and he will beautify the milk with salvation. This is another great thing that you need to get here. Now, the first thing is the word salvation is very important. Salvation is actually Yeshua. It has to do with something save that is deliverance, hence victory, but above all, prosperity. It has to do with Asha, blessing, prosperity. Amen? And it means health. Salvation means health. It means helping. It means save. It means being saved. It means welfare. Now, look at what the Bible is saying. The Lord play, take pleasure in his people. And he will beautify the meek with what? Salvation, which is Yeshua. So what is the blessing his people with? He's blessing them with salvation. Hence, he's giving them victory. He's giving them prosperity, deliverance, health. He's helping them. He's saving them. And he's making sure their head is in place. Can I hear an amen? That is all Asha. So when you enter Judas gate, what's the next thing for you? Health, deliverance, salvation, being saved, welfare. The Lord is going to beautify you with that. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And you need to understand also the word Yeshua is the root actually means to be wide open. Wide or free. That is to be saved. To help, to preserve, to rescue. But the key point there is to be wide open, to be saved. So it's like enlarging your coast. That's from the roots of the word salvation. Yeshua. You see what I'm saying? By implication, when you enter to this gate, God is ensuring that there's expansion, growth in all that you do. 
business wise and as the case may be. Hallelujah. There's an increase on all sides as you enter through this gate, the gate of Hashem. Hallelujah. Are you following me? You understand what I'm saying? Hallelujah. And the Lord said, He's going to beautify you. Now you need to take that to heart to know that God intends you to increase and God wants to increase you as you enter through this gate. There is an enlargement that you experience that ordinarily even your prayer cannot accommodate. There's an enlargement. This is where the Bible says God will do exceedingly above all that you ask or think. There is an enlargement that he gives to you that you least expect it as you enter through this gate of Asher. Hallelujah. And there's a key word there in this passage. The Lord will take pleasure in his people. He will beautify the make with salvation. That's the key point. For you to come into what we're talking about. Receiving your deliverance, receiving your blessing, being saved, being in good realm in terms of your welfare, providing for you, meeting your need. It has to do with those who are make. Those who are make. Now that's what the Bible says. God resisted the proud and giveth grace to the humble. Amen. Now the word meek, another, actually means to be depressed. It means my gentle. In second sense, needed especially saintly. It means to be humble. It means to be lonely. It means to be poor in spirit. You're not a proud man. Hallelujah. Are we together? God gives this beautification, health, wealth, salvation, assurance to wish people to the humble. Let me give you an example as it relates to number eight again, which is Jesus Christ. Philippians 2, let's read from verse 1 to 4 from the message translation. Message translation, just read on Philippians chapter 2. Okay, we may read up to... Let's just, let's just keep reading until I ask you to stop there. Maybe verse 7 or thereabout. Philippians 2, verse 1. If you have gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love had made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care. Now, he's talking to Christians. Then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends, if at all. Do me a favor. This is the kind of life that God intends you to live. As believers. Don't push your way to the front. Don't speak, talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Can I hear an amen? Now think about that. Have you gotten this kind of spirit? This is the spirit of humility. When we say somebody's meek, this is what we're dealing with. I mean, have you come to the place in your life where other people, welfare, thought is more important than yourself? That's a hard place to be. But that's what God intends us to do. Praise the living God. Don't push your way to the front all the time. You want to be seen all the time. You want to occupy the highest position all the time. No, friends. That's not the right spirit. I am saying, 
If you want to be beautified with salvation, which has to do with deliverance, which has to do with blessings, which has to do with the welfare that you need, you got to come to the place of humility. And this qualification, this description we're looking at here, are the ones that qualify you to be a person that God wants to be defied. Praise the Lord. Look at the world today. Everybody is struggling to be at the top. Everybody wants to be recognized. Everybody wants to be seen. If you have that kind of spirit, do me a favor. You need to change your heart. You need to change your spirit. You are shutting off the blessings of God. You are shutting off the reward of God. You are shutting off the prosperity of God. Your gate that was supposed to be wide open is getting narrower every day because you have a wrong spirit. Spirit of self. Spirit of self-importance. Spirit of self-worth. Anytime you feel you are more important than other people, you get in a wrong spirit. Hallelujah. Look at verse 2. Or which verse are we now? Verse 4. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourself long enough to lend a happy hand. Forget yourself long enough to get a happy hand. Think about that, people. Hallelujah. What's the next thing? Verse 5. Think of yourself the way Christ Jesus taught of himself. Think of yourself that way. The way Christ thought of himself. How did he think about himself? He had equal status with God. But didn't think so much. Oh, come on now. Verse 6. Praise the Lord. He had equal status with God. But he didn't think so much of himself. That he had to cling to the advantages of that status. No matter what. Did you get that? Though he was God. He became a man. He didn't consider that advantage of being God. He took on the same place like you as a human being. He went through all the pains. He was hungry. He slept. I mean, he could feel sleepy. He felt pains. I mean, he went through all kinds of pressures just because he had to identify with your status. Yet he was God. He said, let that kind of mind be in you. So no matter how highly placed you are, God wants you to come down to the level of others. Praise the living God. Now the spirit of humility. Verse number 7 says. Verse 7. What did he say? Not at all. When the time came. He set aside the privileges of deity. And took on the status of what? Of a slave. Became what? Human. We can stop there. Did you get that? He set it aside. And became human. Now, you like to occupy the higher position. You like to prove to people how important you are. You don't have the right spirit that attracts blessings. Hallelujah. Is that okay? If you read down, let's say verse number 8, you'll be able to see what finally been the outcome of this. Verse number 8, let's look at it. Have you become human? He stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died his deathless, obedient death and then the worst kind of death at that time, a crucifixion. So, what's the next thing? If you go to the next point, the Bible now say, God now gave him a name that is what? Above every other name. That are the name of Jesus, all names bow, 
All Thomas confessed that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. How did he get the name? Because he humbled himself. One of the reasons why you are unable to come to the place where God will call you by name is when God calls you by name, it's a place of exaltation. God called Abraham and he said, I'm going to give you another name. And he said, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. He called him. He gave him another name. When God calls you and gives you a name, that's an exhortation. But you see, for God to do that, you must humble yourself. We are just too proud. Husband, wives, we are just too proud. And he's shutting the door. Instead of opening the door wide, which has to do with the gate of Asha we're talking about, of blessing and prosperity and joy, and, I mean, and being happy, we're shutting the door. Because we are sitting in a position where we feel so highly exalted. We want people to bow to us. We want people to worship us. I mean, think about that. Look at the way we live. But God wants us to be humbled. And because Jesus became so humbled, God gave him a name that is above every other name. May the Lord begin to call you to himself in the name of Jesus Christ. Talk with me to Psalm 35 verse 27. Another key that you need. Another key that you need. This key is the key of joy. To possess the gate of Asher, to have your inheritance, you need this key. Joy. Psalm 35 verse 27. King James. Hallelujah. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified. We have pleasure in what? In the prosperity of his servants. Praise the living God. God have pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. But it says shout for joy. So the key thing to assess the prosperity of God is what? Joy. Praise the Lord. You see, God was speaking, I mean, Paul was speaking to the Philippian church and he told them the same thing. And he said, rejoice. And I say what? Rejoice. No matter what the circumstance, if you truly want to have headway. Now, the word prosperity here as well again speaks of shalom. Which means, well, happy, friendly, welfare, and health. Prosperity, peace, great good health, perfect health. Oh my God. To be whole. How many of you understand that depression can really make you sick? How many of you understand that not being happy can literally make your organs fail? Hallelujah. Are you listening? When joy is missing in your life, your eternal organs themselves, they suffer. The Bible is saying for you to attract prosperity, for you to attract health and wealth, you have to possess one particular spirit and that is what? Joy. Look at what he's saying. Let him shout for joy and be glad. Now favor what? My righteous cause. Praise the living God. I want you to get this. How joyful are you? You say, Pastor, I cannot be happy. I don't have money. I cannot be happy. Oh yes, I know. But you see, this is a spirit. That in the midst of all the fact that you don't have those things, you can still be happy. 
This is not a joy that material things give to us. This is the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. It has nothing to do with material things in the true sense. If your joy is dependent on what you have, of course, you will lose the joy. When that thing that you are depending on begins to fail. If you have a brand new car today, for instance, and you're driving on the road and one drunkard just came in and smashed your brand new car. All the joy you have in having that new car is gone. That's why this joy is not the joy that comes from the things you have. Those things are addition. But this joy is the joy of the kingdom of God. For the kingdom of God is what? Righteousness, joy, peace in the Holy Ghost. It's the peace that passes all understanding. It's the joy that natural things can give to you. You got to have it because that is what enables you to be an overcomer in the midst of circumstances and situation. Praise the living God. Are you there? I know we are human. I know we are, are sometimes definitely coming to this kind of situation because of the things we think about. But in the midst of that, if you're truly walking in the spirit and connected to what I'm talking about, you find yourself still being happy or known to you why you are happy. Amen? Praise the living God. Is anybody understanding me? I want you to get this fact. I'm saying you can be happy. No matter what, you can still be happy. Can I hear an amen? I mean, there is nothing in being so sad all the time. There is nothing about that. There is, I mean, it doesn't really benefit you. It doesn't give you anything. Let me show you a scripture. Isaiah 12, reading from verse 1. King James. Isaiah 12, reading from verse 1. And in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee, though thou was angry with me. My anger is torn away. The anger is torn away. And that comforts me. Hallelujah. Behold, God is my salvation. Same thing I'm talking about. Strength, health, glory, beauty, prosperity, welfare. God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength. Hallelujah. And my song, he also is become what? My salvation. Now look at that. The Lord is my salvation. He has become my salvation. And the Lord is my song. <laughs> Hallelujah. Therefore, glory to God. Therefore, watch that. The Lord is my song. Therefore, with joy, Shall you draw water out of the west of what? Salvation. That means the salvation we're talking about, the peace, the prosperity, the good health we're talking about, you can only pull out of those things with what? With joy. To draw water. It's an expression, an imagery. That relates to maybe like a hot country. And then you'll be able to draw cool water to cool your thirst. Jesus said that, remember, in John chapter 7, I think verse 37. When he said, out of their belly shall flow what? Rivers of living water. That means the blessings of the Lord. You can only tap into it through what? Through joy. You can only tap through it. Tap into it through joy. The blessings of the Lord. I mean, there is nothing good in, in being angry. There's nothing good in being sad. 
you only shorten the door against the blessing that God has for you. No matter what happens. Praise the living God. You follow what I'm saying here? He said, with joy shall you draw water out of the well of salvation. And the Lord has become my song. And he has become what? My salvation. Praise the Lord. Have you woken up one day with a song in your heart? You see, Sammy was saying that. He said, the Lord gives songs in the night. What kind of dream do you dream? All the dream you ever had in your life is how the devil is pursuing you. How the enemy is after you. How somebody, no, no, no. Have you ever for once had a dream and you were singing a song of the Lord? You woke up singing. Have you ever had that? That tells you the relationship you have. If you connected so much with God in your spirit, you can come to this place where you can sing in the night, wake up singing a long song. And if you interpret the song that you are singing, you can see that God is speaking to you prophetically. But you see, because of the way we are taught, all that we ever dream about, how the devil is pursuing us, how our grandfather is pursuing us, how our community people are pursuing us, how they want to take this from you, want to take that from you. Man, forget about that. Get connected to God. There's a spirit by which you draw out of the well of salvation. Protection is in this gate of Asha. That's what I'm telling you. Because salvation is all encompassing. Your whole well-being, your financial situation, your health, your family, your business, they are all packaged into that which is called what? Salvation. Salvation is not just because you believe that you are a child of God and that you are going to heaven. That is not what salvation is all about. Salvation is a whole package. Praise the living God. So you will draw what out of the well of salvation? With what are you going to do that? Praise the living God. With what? With joy. Amen. I said amen. Praise the living God. In relation to that, you can look at Job, before I try to finish, Job 36 verse 11. The next thing you do, very close to having the spirit of joy, to assess your prosperity, is if they obey and serve him, which is God, they shall spend their days in what? Prosperity. And their years in what? In pleasure. If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity. And their years in what? In pleasure. Praise the living God. Now, in the first place, how many of you understand that you can be prosperous and yet you are not happy? You notice what I'm saying? We have a lot of people that have a lot of money, but there's no joy in their life. <laughs> they are always sad, but they have all the money. They have all the words. You have marriages well, the couples are never happy because of the way they live. But they have everything around them. They enter the same car. They be quarreling from the house to wherever they are going to. Maybe they are going for shopping. They quarrel there and quarrel back. No joy, no happiness. But they have everything around them. That is not God's spirit. That is not part of God's blessing. Are you still with me? Glory to God. Is anybody understanding what I'm saying? Here the Bible is telling us. If you serve the Lord and you are obedient to what he's saying, what happened? You spend your days in prosperity and your years in what? In pleasure. You'll be happy all the time. Your years, how long are you going to stay? It's going to be with joy and pleasure. If only you can know how to obey what God is saying and to serve him. 
He makes this available. You see, in other words, he opens the gate of Asher to you to live in pleasure, to live in prosperity, to live in joy, just because you know how to obey him, whatever he asks you to do, and then to serve him the way he has asked you to serve him. Praise the living God. You follow what I'm talking about here? I want you to understand it, just to know for sure that God wants to prosper you. But there are these simple keys that you need to observe, that you need to work with to come to the place of the abundance that God has for you. The Lord Bible made us understand that God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. For us to connect to those heavenly realms and draw them down, we have to walk in these keys that I'm showing us now. One of the major key is the key of joy. I expect you to be happy no matter what happened as much as possible. Strive not to allow the circumstance you are in to weigh you down. No, 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 no. Don't allow it as much as possible. Move on. Let your joy be told that we enable you to draw life from the wells of salvation. Praise the living God. Are you there with me? Let me take a last scripture and we'll go. Zechariah 1 verse 17. Zechariah 1 verse 17. Praise the Lord. Cry yet, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, My cities, through prosperity, shall yet spread abroad, and the Lord shall yet comfort Zion, and shall yet choose Jerusalem. Now, in other words, God wants your life, your city, which is his city, the church, to spread abroad. Remember, Asha actually speaks of that which is wide. Asha speaks of that which is open. Asha speaks of that which cannot be shut. Asha speaks of that which is continuously expanding. And he said, my city shall spread abroad. The increase in your life is coming through the prosperity that God has put in place. And what is prosperity? We just defined that. It's coming from the word salvation. It's coming from the word happy and being blessed, which has to do with what? Asia. He said, true prosperity shall my city be spread abroad. And he said, I've chosen Zion and I've chosen Jerusalem, which has to do with the church. What he's trying to say here is this. One of the things that causes you to expound is when you begin to live with the spirit I'm describing. Joy and be and for help to other people, being selfless in your life, being humble. These are the things that causes you to expound. And I'm saying, God is saying, you are supposed to expand to the point where your life is becoming an influence over the earth. Now watch this. When he says, through prosperity shall my city spread abroad. That means God wants his kingdom to overtake the rest of the other kingdom. God is through you as you prosper to expand his dominion, his authority, his influence over the rest of other nations. That means, friends, you cannot be limited. I say you cannot be limited. Your influence cannot be limited. Your presence cannot be limited. There is something in you that needs to go out. And that is this gate of Asha. This is part of why the gospel must go forth. This is why the message of the kingdom must go forth. Because through prosperity, the city of the Lord shall expand over the nations.
And God has chosen Zion, which is a church. He has chosen Jerusalem, which is the ruling authority. That through this realms, his own glorious kingdom alive will spread abroad. Friends, I've come to call you this day to have an understanding that you can enter into this through that which is called the gate of Asher. That's what God wants for us as we come into understanding of what he really wants for us. Don't forget the keys I've just given to you. The first one, you've got to be a giver. Second one, you've got to have joy. You've got to be make. Is that, is that understood? Do you understand what I'm saying? You must follow these principles. You must follow these little keys so that you can be able to possess what you need to possess. Now, I need to explain something now before I shut down. The difference between law and principles. Some of us don't understand. We have the law of the spirit of Christ. Is that okay? Okay. Then we have the law of Moses. Now, the law of Moses, for instance, says, Thou shalt not kill. In other words, when you kill, you're going to be killed back. Is that okay? Very good. But you see, it is simply a law. It doesn't tell you why you must not kill, be killed. Why you must not kill and why you must not be killed. He won't explain the consequences in the true sense. He simply said, Thou shalt not kill. He did add, When you kill, you're going to be killed. He didn't say so. That's a law. A law does not tell you why you shouldn't do what you are not supposed to do. The law said, Thou shalt not steal. He ended it there. He won't tell you if you steal what will follow on. But you see, a principle is to explain why the law says what it says. So for instance, if the law says, Thou shalt not steal, the principle explains to you that if you steal, it brings shame to you. It brings shame to your people. You're robbing somebody of his joy. And you will end up being robbed of your own joy. When the explanation is given, that is a principle. But when the law is given, it doesn't explain the principles. Is that okay? Are you following what I'm talking about? So Jesus will simply say something. If you go through all of my debutitude, from Matthew chapter 5 through 7, they are principles of the kingdom. They are not laws. And so Jesus will say, you have heard, it is said, but I say. How many of you understand that? Okay, he tried to give the principle of what the law says. So get this right. Part of the thing I've just shared with you are nothing but what principles that enable you to assess the gate of Asher. You listening to me? You can live your life the way you're living it now. God is not interested in the way we are living. He wants us to be exuding joy. He wants us to be full of his presence and of his pleasure. In fact, the last scriptures, Zechariah 1.17, is so abundantly clear. He said, we should cry it out. We should make that declaration for true prosperity. The city of the Lord shall spread abroad. He's going to take you beyond where you are. True prosperity. So in the first place, I want to assure you this day, you are guaranteed and qualified for prosperity. Praise the living God. So all you need to do is to assess the key. Walk with the keys and this gate will be open to you. And I tell you, 
your life will never be stagnated. There's going to be continuous expansion. Men will connect to you because you need to become a so and a life support unto such people who always come under you. Job said, well, I was an eye to the blind. You know, I was a parent to the orphans. That was Job. His life was overflowing all the time and assisting people. He said, when men are about to die, they call upon me. So it's like saying, hey, Job, take care of my children. I'm about to die. You will come to that same position in life in the name of Jesus Christ that men will depend on you men will call for you men will remember you because of who you are supposed to be that is the gate of Asia can you please stand up I want you to pray I want you to pray we've just been talking about the gate of Asia on how to possess what belongs to us begin to talk to the father Whatever the Lord has ministered to you, which area the Lord has touched your heart, I want you to minister to the Father right at this moment. Is there anything you are lacking? Are you such a stingy fellow? Have you come to that place in your life where you don't think about others? Have you come to that place in your life where it is only yourself that is more important to you? You have no consideration for other people. Have you come to the place where you feel you need to be worshipped? The Bible made us understand that God gave Jesus another name which is above every other name. Why? Because he humbled himself. He said, let this man be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who taught it not robbery to be equal with God but humbled himself to the position of a Simon and died the death of the cross. Have you come to that place in your life? Where you feel other people are even more important than you are. Have you, I mean, are you still thinking of self to the point where you feel without you, people cannot exist? No, think about it. This is why the gate of Asha is not opening to you. This is why you are unable to assess these gates. This is why it's difficult for all of the expansion that God said he will give to you to come your way. God said, I will expand you. The gate of Asha speaks of that which is wide and open. He speaks of the blessings innumerable. He speaks of health and wealth. He speaks of welfare. He speaks of protection. Think about it, people. That is the gate of Asia. But you need these keys to be able to accept those gates. That's what we're talking about. What are you still doing? I mean, where is your joy? Tell me, where is your joy? What gives you joy? What doesn't give you joy? How do you think about it? But the Bible says, Nehemiah 8 verse 10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. You can't be weak. You need joy. It's a, with joy shall you draw water out of the well of salvation. What is making you not to be happy? What is bringing sorrow to your life? What is bringing sadness to your life? No, there is a place in God where your joy is not taught by the things that are around you. Think about it. Think about it.